Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast, brought to you today by our friends at Audible. I am your host, Michael Graham. It's been a fascinating time for watchers of the media. One of my favorite media critics and sometime ranter is our own Mark Hemingway. And Mark, you uh, picked up on some hard-hitting journalism from our friends at the Washington Post over the inaugural. Yeah, they actually. Why tried are to, you laughing? I don't understand. Well, they actually tried to fact check his speech, and and if you if you actually look at the speech, there's almost like no concrete facts. Right. You know, um, I mean, one of the fact checks was literally something along the lines of, you know, it is not true for Donald Trump to say that his election was historic, <laughs> and you know, again, it's just incredibly subjective, um, and. You know, and, and other things that are just like such obvious points, like they said it was unfair of Trump to say that people in Washington, D.C., even though they acknowledge it's the richest metro region in the country, mm-hmm. are getting rich at the expense of the rest of the country. Like, it's not accidental <laughs> that the richest part of the country, the biggest industry in town, is in fact government. But it's also not untrue to posit that view of the world. And then you can, there's all kinds of metrics you could bring in, as you just pointed out, but the wealth of the counties, the wealthy individuals, the uh, percentage of GDP that government t- consumes. I mean, there are all kinds of ways that yeah. you can say, this is why I said it. What What is, what does fact checking mean if it means I don't like the way you express that opinion that I don't like? Well, that's, and that's exactly the problem. Um, uh, you should, you know, you should have concrete facts to check, mm-hmm. numbers, figures, that sort of thing, and everything else. Pretty much veers into the realm of, you know, disagreeing with rhetoric and, you know, making tendentious assertions. I mean, and throughout the fact check, there are all manner of, of bits of language. Like, it appears Trump is referring to, and it's like, well, is he or is he not? Right. You know, um, you know, and then they'll go into some concrete details about trade or something, <laughs> and it, it's just really bizarre that they can't just pin down specific right. things to fact. So so did they ever fact check that that the day that Donald that uh, Barack Obama won the nomination of the Democratic Party in 2008 that the tides did begin to recede? Did right. we fact do we fact check? <laughs> right, right. And in fact, DC is not a shining city on a hill. It's not. Um, the, can, the highest points of America can only be visible from parts <laughs> of the Bering Strait uh, and maybe northern Canada. I, I mean, uh, you know. A, Despite what uh, Mr. Lincoln said, right, right, we right. have no evidence that better angels are actually governing right, exactly. human behavior. And I don't know how many people are, in fact, asking what they should do for their country versus what their country should do for <laughs> exactly. them. I don't know. So let's talk about another fact area, and that is the area where Sean Spicer found right. himself. And it dominated the weekend. Uh, Sean Spicer saying that this is the largest crowd to watch inauguration, period. Uh, the statement and then the media reaction to it. Right. Well, what Spicer was saying was, you know, obviously completely, utterly untrue um, by several measures, um, despite all the... Extreme- so you're saying it's in a gray area then? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but what's interesting here is that... Um, we can't exactly examine this in a vacuum. Now, I'm not defending what Spicer said at all, but it's kind of terrifying how we've ended up in this place, which is to say that uh, we have a situation here where, you know, in the, just in the days leading up to the inauguration, we saw the New York Times basically invented a hatchet job on Rick Perry. I mean, the sourcing in the story is just non-existent, and, it, and the premise is so ludicrous to say that well, Perry didn't know what the Department of Energy did uh, right. in the story um, that it, it's just, you, you really do get the impression the media are out for them, and it wasn't just that. I mean, the Washington Post mocked uh, Trump's agricultural secretary for praying in a headline. I mean, just the absolute overt hostility, like, really is incredible. So we're at a point here where we have these, you know, just sort of two teams of elites now going at each other, 
Um, and it's really a terrifying place to be. You're absolutely right, Mark. We're looking for truth. We're looking for facts. We're looking for wisdom. And you know, we can find all those things in great books that you can listen to right now on Audible. See, see how I did that. No, this is good. Seriously, I'm a huge Audible fan. I was thrilled when they said they were going to sponsor our podcasts. And they've got a great offer right now, a free audio book with a 30-day free trial if you go to audible.com slash weekly standard. Audible has an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original shows, news, even have news, comedy, more. And I know because I use Audible and I love it, whether I use it during my workouts or whether I'm on a road trip or, oh man, I got to tell you, some days taking the metro into DC, the only reason I survive is I have some great book like Evelyn Waugh's Scoop to listen to on Audible. That's right. Yeah, they have Scoop. I just listened to it. It was fantastic. How do you get that free book offer? It's very simple. The free book comes with a 30-day free trial at audible.com slash weekly standard. That's audible.com slash weekly standard. You know, Mark, you're talking about the blue team versus red team media environment. I agree. I need sources of information that I can trust, the facts, the stats, et cetera, so that I can then, you know, come up with my crazy opinions that I share, you know, as part of my job. And if I can't trust the source material... I'm in real trouble. Yeah. Hannah Arendt said that the scariest thing about the totalitarian elites of the 20s and 30s, you know, heading into World War II, obviously, was that they were able to turn any statement of fact into a question of motive. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly where we are now, except we almost have two totalitarian states in this country. We've got Team Red and Team Blue uh, constantly questioning each other's motives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously there are second order um, consequences Mm -hmm. of this that are, you know, again, terrifying. You know, know, the threat of of a national emergency or a national security problem where we don't know who's telling the truth i mean could cause some serious problems down the road and we need to really get beyond this but the problem is here is that we have to reckon with what's already happened before we can deal with trump and i just don't see the media doing that like for instance the spicer thing i'm not going to say it's not incredibly consequential whenever the you know spokesman for the president walks out there and says things that are wildly untrue that is a problem but in relative terms you know bickering about you know trump's ego with regard to crowd sizes on the mall isn't terribly consequential. Um, I have never, I didn't, not once in the Obama administration when they were blatantly, and I mean blatantly, mm-hmm. lying and right. knowingly so about, say, how, what a danger the, the Gitmo detainees they were releasing were, right. or about the aspects of the Iran deal where they're mm-hmm. giving tons of uranium to Iran for a nuclear weapons program. Never once did I see a media pile on about this you know, seriously consequential lying the Obama administration did, like I saw quite over uh, Sean Spicer mm-hmm. over the weekend. Now, again, I don't want to be the guy that goes out there and says, you know, well, um, you know, forget what Spicer said. You know, what about you guys when you, you know, didn't do anything about sure. Obama? Um, certainly. But the problem is, is that you're asking Trump supporters to um, unilaterally disarm, you mm-hmm. know, after, you know, being beaten right. back uh, for, over these untruths. And Reince Priebus made that point over the weekend when he said that the media is obsessed with bringing down Trump and we're not just going to sit back and take it. And you wonder how they can. You just wonder if it's smart to pick fights over things that you can see in a photograph. That's kind of tough. One last question for you about Spicer. So on Monday, uh, he went out to face the crowd in his first no more scrimmages, no more practices, one on one. He had that big problem hanging over his head. 
Uh, how did he do in his uh, first appearance as the official White House spokesperson on the clock? Well, I didn't watch the whole thing, but what I saw was, you know, good and, and certainly much better than over the weekend. For instance, he addressed the specific, the specific thing about crowd sizes again. And he said, well, look, you know, this is just emblematic of how the media is out to get us and how they, you know, have these, you know, problems with, you know, every time Trump says he's going to do something, they doubt him and Trump succeeds mm -hmm. in spite of it. And, it. and what he was doing was spinning. Right. And spinning in a classical, <laughs> you know, Washington sense exactly. that is totally acceptable, you know, where people can, you know, read between the lines and discern the truth. Sure. Um, and I think that's all we can ask of them. But it's kind of scary that what Spicer did over the weekend, because you suspect that he was frog marched out there by Trump personally to say those things that, you know, everybody knew was untrue. So as long as, you know, we let Trump be Trump and everybody knows that Trump's loose with the facts and all of that. Right. And at the same time, there are people around him that aren't willing to double down on his, you know, crazy falsehood. Mm -hmm. And in fact, try and spin, you know, the more charitable and or substance of what he's saying, because very often I think the way that Trump is interpreted is, is sort of wrong. It, they really do over literalize everything he says when it's obvious to most people like what he's actually driving at. Mm -hmm. So as long as we have capable people that are able to sort of, you know, separate the wheat from the chaff, uh, um, you know, mm -hmm. to the reporters and to um, the American people and let Trump be Trump, knowing that people aren't going to take him super literally in every policy detail, I think we'll be just fine. Um, but as long as it's a war between who's telling the truth and who's not, that's, again, really, really scary. Mark Hemingway, this has been the best podcast ever, period. <laughs> and I don't want that noted right here. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast brought to you by Audible.com. Remember, you get a free Audible book with a 30-day free trial. Go to audible.com slash weekly standard. And check out weeklystandard.com for the latest podcast news stories and updates. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Michael Graham.